bought a piece of vacant land that everybody said was worthless and sold all the neighbors a parcel of land each. And then I subdivided what was left and I ended up making a million dollars. Are you ready for the best real estate investing advice ever? Join Joe Fairless and today's best ever guests as they share it with you. It's the best ever advice with none of the fluff. Let's go. Do you know how you can benefit from crowdfunding? If you haven't checked out our special series, Best Crowdfunding Crash Course Ever, presented by Patch of Land, then you need to. It's episodes 152, 159, 166, and 173, because you'll hear from the industry's leading crowdfunding experts on how you can benefit by getting involved, whether it's getting access to funds for your deal or passively investing in other people's deals. The time is now to get started. Go to patchofland.com forward slash best ever to grab your copy of the top 10 answers to the top 10 crowdfunding questions. That's P-A-T-C-H-O-F-L-E-N-D.com forward slash best ever. Hi, best ever listeners. Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless and I'm here with today's guest, Dean Graziosi. Hi, Dean. Hey, Joe. Pleasure to be here, man. Yeah, welcome to the show. Dean is joining us from Scottsdale, sunny Scottsdale, Arizona. He has been investing over 25 years. He's been in the investing business. He's a real estate investing expert. He's authored, I mean, many New York Times bestselling books. He practices and educates other investors on all sorts of different tactics from wholesaling to fixing and flipping and everything in between. One of his first investments, I was reading your, your bio earlier, one of your first investments was actually buying and fixing a rundown apartment building with no money down yep. in your hometown and non-real estate related, but certainly clearly a, a driving force in your life. His interesting fact is that he loves being a father more than anything else in the history of the world. Not not <laughs> just the current world, but in, exactly. the, in the history of the world. In case there was another life I don't remember, I, I think this still takes it. <laughs> there you go. Well, with that being said, Dean, can you give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on now? Yeah. Uh, you know, real quick, I was just, I was a broke kid living in upstate New York. I wasn't the best in school, was in special ed. And, you know, I just remember looking back and I won't give the whole story, but I remember looking back and and I should say, as I look back now, the only people in my town that seemed to have money were the people that were in real estate. And I think, I think there's something great about being naive and being youthful. And I think all of your listeners should remember that. You know, when we're young, when people tell us we can't, that fuels us, right? And then the world kind of beats us up and we're told we can't so much. We're told to stay in line, do what everybody else does. And we start fearing stepping outside. We lose our, our courageousness, right? Courage is jumping out of the airplane and hoping the wings grow on the way down. But, you know, at 17 years old, being broke, didn't have money to go to college, didn't think I was smart enough to go to college. I just said, hey, I heard you could do this real estate stuff with no money down. And I was naive enough to try. And after knocking on enough doors and just being relentless and not being afraid to hear no, I got in my first deal before 20 with no money down. And that happened to be an apartment house. And I got that done. And then I got the rental income from that apartment house and then got another no money down deal. And it went from there and, and probably by, you know, the, it was the last switch in the market. So I started in the early, late eighties, early nineties in real estate. And then we know the market had a little boom in the mid nineties and I had acquired a lot of real estate by then. And I went from, you know, being this broke kid to a, to a young man that was worth over a million bucks in my twenties and, and real estate became just a massive part of my life. And then later on, I wanted to share that wisdom with other people. 
and that's how that's how it evolved. One of the things that I've read in one of your books is picking the right strategy for your market because clearly, you know, you you started out small and you it sounds like it was sort of a domino effect and continuing to reinvest into the business from the profits that you made and knowing, you know, where you're at, where you're currently living or where you were living at the time, how did you know what's the right strategy for the market that you're in? Okay. So just so you know, back then it was total luck. I had no clue what I was doing. I just was trying to acquire property and I happened to acquire property in a similar time than right now. So the first round, it was completely luck, Joe. But after investing for 25 years, you know, it's, it's reading the markets and understanding. So in, in Phoenix, in, in a speculative market, I, I can't make the cash flow I want on my buy and holds in Phoenix, but I'll surely fix and flip or wholesale in my backyard here in Phoenix because the market is screaming straight up. So, you know, in Phoenix, I'm making my money when I sell, but I have over 400 buy and holds in the Midwest, in Kansas City and Moline, Iowa. I have some in the suburbs of Detroit. I owe some in, you know, Kentucky and some in Alabama where the market didn't scream up so much. It just kind of was like the little kid roller coaster and I can get 10, 12, 14, 18% of my money while I'm the byproduct is appreciation and tax benefits. So knowing where, if you live for me, I I like to mark the the States red or blue, not Republican or Democrat, but which ones do I want to speculate in fix and flip and wholesale? And which ones do I want to buy and hold for long-term wealth creation? And when you look at it that way, it kind of kind of makes it a lot easier rather than thinking it just doesn't work where I am because it's too fast of a market or it's too slow. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. And and how do you determine which one to color, red or blue? So the speed in which the market returns. So I'm just going to tell you my personal criteria and everybody's got their own. And if you, I know you've got a great bunch of incredible investors that listen to you, Joe. You provide great wisdom to your, to your listeners, which is awesome. But for me, I pick an area to buy and hold for four simple criteria. Migration is in, not out. So for example, I bought hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of houses in the suburbs of Detroit. I won't buy a $5,000 house in downtown Detroit because people are leaving downtown, but they're filling the suburbs up. So migration in, unemployment down. Now this is less now because the whole country's unemployment's kind of dropping, but especially when the market just came out of the, the, off the bottom, I wanted to make sure unemployment was dropping. Rents going up or steady, but typically I want to be in an area where rents are continuing to climb. But the last part is the one that determines where for me. The last part is if prices have gone up exponentially or they're going up like on a 45 degree angle, not straight up. So if you look at Phoenix, it matches all the criteria. 10,000 people a month move into Phoenix. Unemployment's down. You know, the, the rent prices are screaming straight up. But prices have gone so far, so fast that getting an ROI, getting a return on my money isn't good. So that that doesn't that won't fit for me for my rental portfolio. What do you think a beginning investor should focus on whenever they're if, if they're in a market that let's say with those four criteria migrations in so people are coming there the unemployment's down the rents are going up but steadily and the prices have gone up what would the beginning investor how how do they approach that Okay. So what I would say to anybody who's a beginner, and if you're in the game, you know this, when the market hit the bottom in say 2010, when we're at the flat bottom, my job as a marketer, and I think we've done so well is because I, 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 like I said, I own hundreds of deals. I got 40 deals going on as we're sitting here. So this is what I do every day. I'm not a guy that used to invest and then just become some great marketer. I market good because I have good (laughs) material, right? 
But when we were at the bottom, Joe, I obsessed on helping people find buyers, right? There was deals everywhere. You could walk down your street and trip over four foreclosures in your neighborhood. Finding a deal was easy. That You can find a deal anywhere. But when the market turns, real estate gets cool, it's going up. Now, all of a sudden, finding a deal isn't so easy. You have to create deals. So if we were on this call, if we were doing this, you know, in 2010, I would say don't focus on anything but finding cash buyers who want a good buy and hold. That's what my obsession was. I, I found unique ways to find cash buyers that no one else was finding. And it wasn't about hitting a button on a computer. It was like real life, life skills to find buyers. But right now, if you could find deals a little bit cheaper than anyone else in your area, you could be successful in real estate. And, and for anybody new, this doesn't, this doesn't apply to anybody in the game, but anybody new, think about this. Gold is probably at $1,400 an ounce right now. If you could buy gold at $1,200 an ounce, could you be successful? You don't have to know how gold's made. You don't have to be a gold broker. You have to be a gold dealer. But if you can buy an asset cheaper than other people, which would be gold, you'd be successful. If you could buy Google stock $200 cheaper than anybody else on the planet could buy it, you could be successful. But we can't buy gold at a discount. We can't buy stocks at a discount. But you can with using unique marketing strategies and, and listening to people like Joe and listening to experts, focus all your attention. This is just my opinion, Joe, but focus all your attention on finding deals a little bit, not a lot, a little bit cheaper than anybody else can. And that's the fastest way for any newbie to get in this game because finding buyers, there's buyers at your gym, there's buyers online, there's buyers listening to this podcast. I mean, there's buyers everywhere. It's like a it's sharks in the water. The meat is out. The, the water's red. It's, it's a frenzy. So, um, yeah, that would be my opinion in, in where to start is obsess, get as much material and information you can on learning marketing strategies to find deals others can't. And on those marketing strategies, you mentioned use unique marketing strategies, find deals that are a little cheaper than anybody else can. What is one way that you've seen that is successful with the marketing strategy for finding deals that other people might not be able to find? Okay, so I'll give you one that I've been teaching for years, Joe, and it works consistently. It's never stopped working, and it's called our 25 to 1 strategy. I, I, I came up with this probably seven years ago. Uh, one of my top students who became a great friend, he's done thousands of deals, helped me perfect this. And we call it our 25 to 1. And it's because you can get a deal off the MLS. Every 25 offers, you can get one deal at a discount. That's how we came up with the ratio 25 to 1. So guys, listen to this because it, it works and it will shock you because we know the MLS is so difficult right now. But it's difficult because most people take the path of least resistance. People will call it, um, calls a friend or a relative or a, you know, a referral who's an agent and say, hey, this is my area. Send, send the cheapest deals you come across your area. And that's what every single realtor on the planet is doing. And plus the, the hungry investors are finding those deals as fast as they can. So you're, you're competing with everyone. So the only way to get a deal is when you're not competing with everyone. So here's a 25 to 1. First, make sure this is especially for your new people. Make sure you're dealing with an investor-friendly real estate agent. You don't want to deal with the most popular, the one that's on the billboard. You want to deal with someone who's used to working in, with investors, is not afraid to make multiple offers, not afraid to work hard for their money. They know if they do right by you, they'll be a long-term customer. So what I suggest is you look up a real estate agency, whether it's Keller Williams or Remax in your area, call and talk to the receptionist and say, I'd love to chat with the person you feel does the most commercial or does the most, um, you know, uh, invest is the most investor friendly 
in your office and they'll always go, oh, that's Sally, that's Lisa, that's Joe. When you get that person on the phone, here's the criteria. You'd say, hey, I'm an investor that's looking to do multiple deals in your area. What I'd like to do is know what area you think is the best for starter homes. Now, first, for, this is just me, guys, but for me, I want starter homes. You can make a, you can make a hundred thousand bucks on a million dollar flip, but is there more people that want a three two in a starter home area, or more people want a million dollar house? I want the one that people want the most. So we ask for a starter home. If you're in San Francisco, it's four hundred bucks. If you're in Fort Wayne, Indiana, it's seventy five thousand bucks, but it's still the starter home. So you find now you're finding a starter home area, and then say I only want you to send me deals that have this in the description. It's either as is, it's vacant, or it had a price reduction. Because most people look days on market. Days on market doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean the person's motivated. In fact, they could be not motivated because they never lowered the price. So, But when you have as is, someone can't afford to fix it up. If they're vacant, someone's paying two mortgages. And if they had a price reduction, you know they're motivated. So when they give you a starter home area with those criteria, instead of you getting hundreds and hundreds of, you get on an autoresponder, you're a real estate agent, you want to shoot yourself. Instead of that, you're only getting sent deals that are potentially motivated sellers. And then what I do, Joe, is when I get that listing or my team now, when they get that listing, we look in the notes for a second tier motivation. It's a handyman special, uh, willing to work, you know, great location. You could see those desperate writing in, in the explanation. When we see that, that's the ones that we take. And we again, it could be thousands of deals and it boils down to 40 that fit that criteria. And then we just take like a 0.8 just for a start. So if the house is, if they're asking a hundred thousand dollars, we just see if we have a player by timesing it times 0.8 and firing back an offer. So we just blanket offer 80 grand on that property to see if they're a player, if they counter or they say, maybe then we know we got one. And, and following that criteria, I do it all over the country. I own houses in you know, probably nine States and I've done deals with my students in probably every state that criteria works 25 to one almost every time. That is just, that's amazing. And when I do the show summary, I'm definitely going to cover that because that's a major, major takeaway. Just so you know, Joe, I bought, I bought thousands of houses, especially in the last five years, more than ever. I've been buying forever, but the last five years have been obsessive. I would bet to tell you, I just gave your listeners the one thing that has probably gotten me 50% of my deals is that one strategy. That's not something that I came up with as a marketing strategy. That's how I can that's how I go in an area when someone says there's no more good deals left and I go in and the first week I got two under contract. What is your best real estate investing advice ever? I'll give you two. Know you have strategies from someone who's actually doing it, not just saying they're doing it. Bad advice is the most costly advice in the world. So get the right strategies, but the best advice would be know the strategies are just twenty percent of your success. In all area life, it's between it's what lies between your ears that's going to make you be successful in real estate or not. It's not going from guru to guru and this magic number and this magic widget and this one that you know hit a button and it gives you buyers. All that is just your resistance giving you excuse that it's not working. If you want to do this, make sure you're mentally prepared for to overcome obstacles. Stick with it. No, it's not easy, but it, it could be simple if you follow someone with the right strategy. You ready for the best ever lightning round? Sure, let's do it. First, a quick word from our sponsors. Crowdfunding. You've heard about it, and now it's time to learn about it. Our best ever sponsor, Patch of Land, is a leading expert in the crowdfunding space, and they've got all the answers to your crowdfunding questions. Go to patchofland.com 
forward slash best ever and grab your copy of the top 10 answers to the top 10 crowdfunding questions. That's P-A-T-C-H-O-F-L-E-N-D dot com forward slash best ever. In real estate, our tenants are our clients. And how much do you really know about your clients? Grab your roadmap for reaching the most influential audience, millennials, by reading Youth Nation, written by my friend and the nation's leading millennial expert, Matt Britton. Go to youthnation.net. That's Y-O-U-T-H-N-A-T-I-O-N.net. All right, Dean, best ever book you've read? I would say The Shack. I'm not familiar with that. Why is that the best ever? Because the last one I read and it just really affected me. It was a a powerful book. It's... uh, it's um, anybody who's spiritual or religious or on the fence. It just it answers all the questions anybody's ever had for God or a higher power. It's, it's pretty fantastic. Best ever listeners, I know you like audio, so you can go to freebesteverbook.com and get a free audio version of a book like that. Best ever personal growth experience and what you learned from it. Tony Robbins, 12 years ago, listening to his Gain the Edge or Get the Edge um, Get the edge DVDs back then. I had the big Sony Walkman on my side listening to it. And just, you know, it was all the things that I had already been doing to be in business and be self-employed. But he, Tony gives you just this simple way to process and get rid of those old stories. I would say getting rid of the old stories, letting go of the past and know that we can be the creator of our own thoughts and uh, eliminate the ones that don't serve us. I have the hugest, most unhealthy man crush on Tony Robbins. I just went to Unleash the Power Within in New Jersey. Just amazing, life-changing event. Yeah, Tony's one of my best friends. I just got back from Australia. I just spent three days in Australia with him. I spoke on stage with him, and him and I talk about five times a day. And what's amazing is 12 years ago, I listened to that, and I wrote in my journal, someday I wanted to meet him and personally thank him. And uh, I feel blessed in the last four years. We, we talk every week, and he's he's just as good a man behind the stage as he is in front. That's that's the one thing I'd love to tell everybody is he's just he's just a good man that wants to serve. Best ever success habit you practice? Being the monitor of my thoughts. When I'm in a bad mood, things go wrong, which they do, feel depressed, feel sad, we all go through it, no matter how successful you are, is taking a moment and kind of having my soul analyze my thoughts. And 100% of the time, it's usually I have a bad thought processing through my head. Dean, what's the best ever deal you've done? When I was in my early 20s, I bought a piece of vacant land that everybody said uh, was worthless and too hard to work. And I got it for a, a, like a no money down deal. And I found something called a lot line revision. All the neighbors were mad that I was going to subdivide it. So I sold all the neighbors a parcel of land each. And then I subdivided what was left. And I ended up making a million dollars. It was the first deal I ever made a million dollars on. And it was something everybody told me I was going to go broke on. How'd you get the vision to make that happen? Just by being a broke scrapper and just trying to find ways to go. I bought, I, I put the, I put that the property on my credit card to buy that deal. So desperation is the mother of invention. That's definitely a true statement. Best ever project you're most excited about right now? Launching a new personal development brand soon. That With all I've learned over the last 15 years helping people with real estate, I, I truly believe I know the recipes that hold, that, that can get people over those hurdles that hold them back from the success they deserve. What are some details around that personal development brand you're launching? It's similar to the old Dale Carnegie type stuff. I, I align with Dale Carnegie when I read his stuff. It's just giving people easy recipes to implement in their life. Personal development is amazing, but so many people get a high by going to a Tony Robbins or reading a book. And then in three to five weeks or seven weeks, they're right back into where they were. So they get a peak. And I'm obsessed with keeping people out of the peak. If they can live a higher state and then have the confidence to hold them up, So my whole course is based on state of mind and the confidence to keep you there. What's the best ever way you like to give back? By never forgetting where I came from. I I give a lot to charity. 
on a daily basis, but I like doing, I like just being a good human being and being grateful every day for what I've been blessed to have and never forgetting that. Best ever quote. Success is going from failure to failure without losing your enthusiasm by Winston Churchill. And out of the 25 years you've been investing, what would you say is the biggest mistake you've made in real estate? Thinking a strategy that works now will work forever. Can you give an example of that? So I remember the last up cycle, I went against my own gut and I was flipping here in Phoenix in the last rising market. I was flipping, selling, flipping, selling. I was speculating and I bought a couple. I got greedy and bought a couple uh, too late right at the peak and uh, actually still own a couple of them. <laughs> so greed will kill you and using a strategy, right? The, the strategy of speculating work. But when I knew the bubble was going to burst, I knew it. I felt it. I went against my gut. And Dean, what's the best ever place to reach you? You can go to deangraziosi.com. Just my name, G-R-A-Z-I-O-S-I. And just a bunch of free stuff. I do a weekly wisdom there that's got a massive following and it's fun and it's free. Dean, thank you so much for being on the Best Ever Show and sharing your best ever advice with the best ever listeners and talking about the 25 to 1 strategy. I mean, thank you for sharing that. That's similar to one of your buddies, Tony Robbins. It's distilling all this complicated stuff into very actionable steps. And it makes a heck of a lot of sense where, you know, you you first want to be able to find the deal that has a motivated seller. So you want to have an investor-friendly agent who will make those multiple offers on your behalf. I love how you went into the specifics of the type of questions that you ask that agent to qualify the agent. You know, where do you think is the best place to invest in a starter home? And then you want to look for the as-is, the vacant, and the price reduction terms. And that will distill it and filter out even more. And then you go in, as you call it, the second tier of motivation, an example being the handyman special. And then you make an offer, basically 80% on whatever they are asking. And you see if you've, you've got an opportunity there. I mean, that right there, as you mentioned, I mean, you're actively doing this stuff right now. And that's the strategy you're employing. And that right there is priceless information. So I'm very grateful that you shared that. And then, you know, from a high level, just talking about your story. I mean, it's incredibly inspirational. And then when you you got into the tactics of picking the right market, where not force fitting a particular strategy, you mentioned this a couple times, don't force fit something, take a look at what's working in your market. Is it a red or blue market, as you call it? Is it a buy and hold or is it a fix and flip or wholesale market? So thank you so much for being on the Best Ever Show, sharing your advice. And is there anything that we didn't talk about that you wanted to mention to the Best Ever listeners? No, I think it's great. I, I, I hope I delivered a ton of value. And Joe, keep up the great work, man. Thanks a lot, Dean. Hey, you, Best Ever listener. Do you want more? Then go to joefairless.com, where you'll get tons of free videos, templates, and content to help you get deals done. And remember to subscribe to the best ever show in iTunes so you can keep getting your daily dose of the best real estate investing advice ever.